Event may be too intense for young children, and it's not recommended for children under the age of 13. No costumes or costume masks allowed. Discover Universal presents Halloween Horror Nights Haunted Tales, an anthology series exploring the stories behind Halloween Horror Nights' chilling original creations. A young woman thrilling in the energy of a lively music festival soon finds herself in a fight for her life in this blood-soaked tale. Based on this original scare zone at Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights 2023. Here is Vamp 69, Summer of Blood. I know you think it's just a legend. Some kind of fictional story meant to scare you. But it's real. He's real. I know him. And I'm here to tell you how we met. It was back in 1969. It was the beginning of the long-awaited summer months in New York, bringing warmth, clear blue skies, a crisp summer breeze, and my small town's first-ever music festival. You see, deep within the bustling boroughs of this community, music was its heartbeat. Few times did you pass the street and not find yourself moving in tune to a beat, the pounding on a homemade drum set reverberating on the brick walls, A group of friends gathered on the ground outside, clapping along to keep the acapella melody. The strings of a guitar slowly being picked and strummed to create a new combination of notes. My town was a cacophony of all musical styles. In February of that year, I turned 15. All I wanted for my birthday was the new Cat in the Gemstones vinyl. I mean, to my friends and I, they were the band. I consistently dreamed of the day I could see them live. So you can only imagine our excitement when they finally announced the lineup for the first annual Music Fest 69. While most of my high school classmates were going to see the Groovy Kitties, I had my sights set on one band, my band. Now was finally my chance to see those gemstones shine on stage. My anticipation built up just as quickly as the banners were strung throughout our town park. Now playing Music Fest 69. Several small tents began popping up through the streets ready to sell headbands, tie-dyed shirts, themed food, you name it. All of the vendors were just as excited as all of us. In a matter of weeks, our once quiet park became a community of people from all walks of life, gathering to share their collective love of music. It was beautiful. And before we knew it, the first day of the fest had finally arrived. Sherry, her boyfriend Paul, and I decided to go to the festival early. Well, we thought we were early. By the time we got there, the streets were already alive and overflowing with locals, distant travelers, and an abundance of color. As we approached the park entrance, we passed by several RVs, motorcycles, and a giant school bus covered in bright and beautifully painted designs. As we passed the front of the bus, the door pushed open and a potent patchouli scent emanated from the interior as flower-wearing folks stumbled out. They absorbed into our group and we all frolicked towards the main stage. Much of our day was spent hanging out at the back of the park, listening and escaping into the music. The harmonies and harmony melding together to create joy. I felt so carefree, so at peace floating around in my own little world. Nothing could stop me. 
As the Hazy Diamond Trio finished up their last song, my friends and I pushed closer to the front knowing who was up next. We had to be at the very front of the stage when they started playing. We weaved through the crowd and somehow secured a prime location. We made friends with the group next to us who noticed our shirts and gave us some homemade flags that included each band member's name on it. Of course, I got the cat one, you know, the lead singer. We proudly waved them as we waited, striking up conversation about our favorite songs. After a quick set change, the psychedelic lights began to dim, the crowd began to scream, and Cat and the Gemstones took the stage. There they were, my favorite band. I couldn't believe it. I was within mere feet of them. The band picked up their instruments as Cat stepped up to the microphone at center stage. Just as she started belting out her first note, the afternoon sky started to dim. What once was a bright, clear blue suddenly became gray. The white puffy clouds turned dark and ominous. The crisp, cool breeze quickly turned to a strong gale wind. I initially thought it was an incoming storm, and yet there was no thunder or lightning. Instead, a cloud of black smoke rolled in from the truss at the top of the stage, along with a deafening growl. I've never seen or heard anything like this. Faster and faster, it gathered and billowed near the front of the stage as the growls got louder and louder. I looked at my friends and we started to panic. We immediately began backing up from the front of the stage. The growling soon turned to hissing as the flashes of fangs became visible. Before we could blink, the entire horde of vampires burst through the dark curtain of smoke. I grabbed Sherry's hand as she grabbed her boyfriend, and we took off. I tried to push through and somehow found a break in the crowd. Just as we began to run, the vampires took off into the flood of festival goers ready to feast. One by one, they latched onto the attendees, tearing their flesh driven by blood. I tried to keep pace as we dodged bodies that were flung in front of us. I saw the school bus in the distance and set my sights on it. I thought it could be our hideout for whatever time we had left. I started running fast as I could suddenly feel a jolt behind me. I turned around to see a vampire had grabbed hold of Paul's leg. Sherry and I began a tug of war with this vampire while Paul wailed in pain. We couldn't leave him alone. His skin began tearing and bleeding profusely as his knee slid closer to its widening mouth. Go, Sherry screamed to me, but I didn't want to leave them. But she nodded with reassurance, so I squeezed her hand and let go. I then sprinted towards the bus. Nearing the finish line, a security guard wearing a leather jacket leaped in front of me. My momentum kept pushing me forward and I ran into him. It all happened so fast. Before I knew it, I was looking into his eyes and noticed a shift. His once glowing red eyes now grew dim, as if in shock or pain. I looked down to see that the top of my flag had vanished into his chest, initiating a stream of blood. I couldn't believe it. It was an accident. I didn't know what else to do except keep running. The bus door was still open, so I ran up the stairs and slammed the door shut. I ripped a strand of beads from one of the curtains and made a makeshift knot strong enough to keep the doors closed. From the bus window, I watched as Sherry held on to Paul and wept into his now lifeless body. She sobbed uncontrollably, burying her head into his chest as a vampire closed in on her. Just then I witnessed the creature sink their blood-soaked fangs into the beating vein of her neck. 
Her body quickly collapsed on top of Paul as I slowly sank into the bus benches. As I attempted to hide, I ducked down into one of the rows and tried to slow my breathing down and make sense of it all. What just happened? What is going on? And when will it stop? I tried to cover my ears to drown out the blood-curdling screams, but trust me when I say that that sound never leaves you. Never. Screams, hisses, cries, growls, all crescendoing into the symphony of sadness. Soon the hissing and growling overtook the entire park. It seemed as quickly as the festival goers were bitten, they themselves began working into these savage-feigned creatures. Joining the others and ripping the last of the survivors limb from limb. It was a bloodbath. I closed my eyes tight, wishing it was near the end. And then there was silence. The black smoke dissipated, taking the horde with it, and the blue skies returned. The once cataclysmic scene laid still. I slowly crept from my hiding place pushed some beads aside and peeked out the windows of the bus. The streets were void of the vibrant decorations and now littered with blood-soaked banners, mangled limbs, and heads plucked from their bodies like flowers from stems. The hopeful humans that entered this space were now lying hopeless on the ground, drowning in a crimson pool. A sense of shock consumed my body, I was so grateful to have survived, and yet mournful for the demonic demolition I witnessed. And then I saw a glimmer of hope. One festival goer rose from the crowd. I I couldn't believe it. I jumped from my seat and ran out of the bus as he slowly stood up and looked around the park. I had to let him know I was here too, to tell him he was not alone. Just as I started down the stairs of the bus, He grabbed a leg of a deceased body next to him and slowly began dragging it with him as he traveled down the street. I jumped up the last step and started running towards him. I tried calling him to track him down, squinting my eyes to try to focus in, and suddenly noticed he was dragging the body of the same security guard I ran into earlier. I stopped in my tracks. I was so desperately hoping that wasn't a family member or close friend of his. How could I confront him? But I realized that if we were the sole survivors of this, we needed each other. And so I started walking towards him again. But then I witnessed a supernatural transformation of sorts. Their festival attire slowly faded away as a long jacket and top hat appeared on the walking figure. From within his jacket, he grabbed a cane with an attached skull on its handle. I slowed my pace as he strolled the quiet streets, twirling his cane like a baton. His stride was slow, and yet his posture exuded contentment. I was perplexed. As he neared the park's exit, he began to whistle. Each note seemed intentionally precise and carried an oddly pleasant melody that cut through the cold, stinging silence. It echoed among the summer breeze. Once he got to the exit, he slowly turned over his shoulder and his eyes focused on mine. Instead of feeling a sense of relief, I got scared. 
Maybe I was still in shock, in disbelief that someone else was actually there and alive. I asked if he was okay, and he continued to stare. His gaze never left my eyes. He didn't even blink. So I asked him again, Are you okay? And instead of a verbal response, he slightly lowered his chin and gave me a crooked smile. He raised his hand to his hat and disappeared into the summer breeze along with the body that he was pulling beside him. I couldn't believe it. I stood there in silence while goosebumps consumed my body. He was gone, vanished into thin air. Sounds crazy, right? Well, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I didn't even think of anything back then. I mean, why wait till now to tell you all of this? After all this time? Well, I felt his presence since then. His eyes on me. On us. On all of us. I know he's been watching. Who is he? What is he? And what's worse... I've heard him since then, that whistling, each note plucking away in my ear as if he's right next to me. I think he still exists. I think he's here. He's back. And I'm afraid. I don't know where exactly he is or what he's capable of, but I warn you, I beg you, do not cross paths with him. He's not from here.